Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last night, we were left and heard the voice of an angel to shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. I'd like to return to that place if it would be okay with you. So the angel speaks to lowly shepherds, and he speaks words of great joy that will be for all people. Joy on earth because a Savior has been born. Great joy indeed. And for the shepherds, the glory of the Lord filled the sky, and the shepherds were struck by something wonderful. But the angels wanted the shepherds not to look up to God, not to look to see that they had to ascend to God, but that God had descended on earth. God had come down to earth and come to them to give them great joy. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That is the message of joy from the angels. And this child was great joy. He was their wonderful counselor. He was the work of salvation. And the work of salvation would soon continue, would soon fill the earth. And so one angel comes and tells the shepherds, fear not. For I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. God filled this world with joy by sending this world his only son. This joy Jesus gives is the joy of sins forgiven. Eternal life, eternal communion with God, unbroken, unseparated on the last day when all things shall be restored. Death defeated from everlasting to everlasting. And this joy is for all and we hear it every, every year. We hear it often, and when we hear it so often, we can miss out on the strangeness, the wonderfulness, the joy of what truly is happening in Luke chapter 2 with the, the voice of an angel to the shepherds. It seems a little bit odd. Maybe not as odd to you, but it seems a little bit odd. So let me tell you a little bit more about these shepherds that received this news of great joy. So in the time of Jesus in ancient Palestine, you have two different kinds of shepherds. You have, you have uh, uh, not nomadic shepherds, but boy, I lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. Uh, peasant shepherds. There we go. Sorry. Peasant shepherds. Peasant shepherds. Peasant shepherds uh, live in a village. Peasant shepherds, what they do is they get up, they take their flocks out, into out, outside of the village, they, they water them, right? They, they give them, uh, take them out to, to eat and to have pastures. They lived in villages. And in the morning, that's what they did. They went out. And then they would return at night. They would return at night. Kind of like farmers, right? They're not, they're part of the community. And they have a place to call home. And this is the type of shepherd that Jesus speaks about when he says that he is like a shepherd like a shepherd who looks for lost sheep and when finding it, puts it on a shoulder, brings it back home with him and calls his friends and rejoices that the sheep has been found. Peasant shepherds. But then there's another group and that is the nomadic shepherds. Nomadic shepherds did not have a permanent home. They went from place to place to place to place. All right? Place to place to place to place. And they were a unique group of people. They were a distru uh, distrusted class of people. 
Because they didn't have a permanent home, right? They didn't have a permanent place. Uh, they kind of took what they could find. Does that make sense? They took what they could find. And they were considered to be tricksters, liars, con artists. Technically, they couldn't uh, go to court and serve as a witness. They couldn't testify in court. That's how much they were, uh, how little they were trusted. These are the shepherds that receive the message of great joy in Luke chapter 2, who are out in the fields at night watching their flocks. They had no village. They had no home. Instead, they stayed out in the fields each night and every night. And why is this important? Luke had just told us that Caesar Augustus was conducting a census. He was conducting a census of the, of the entire Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was numbering all people. All people within the empire were being counted. That's why we have this huge migration. That's why we have Joseph and Mary making the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 65 miles, because Joseph was of the house and lineage of David and was going to be registered to be counted. They would be numbered. But the nomadic shepherds, not so important. They would not be counted. They would not be numbered. They were not considered any, anywhere uh, that important to the Roman Empire. And yet, the angel appears to them, chooses to appear to them, and announces to them that a Savior is born for all people. All people, including them. The lowest of the low. Even people who are not numbered by our world or considered important are among the people watched over by God and considered important. The joy that God brings not only comes to one certain person or to a Jewish class of people or to members of the Roman Empire, it is a joy that abounds and extends to all people, even people that the world tends to forget. At Christmas, we can forget that that joy is for all people. It's easy to do. Our culture wants us to forget that, right? Our culture wants us to forget that it is for all people. Our culture trains us to keep the joy of Christmas only to ourselves and among Christians. For everyone else, there's the joy. Yes, there's joy, but it's the joy of the holidays, right? Happy holidays. It's the joy of the holidays. Keep the joy of Christmas to yourself. Don't share it. So you have holiday lights, and you have holiday trees, and you have holiday cards, and you have all those things, right? But don't get too, uh, don't get too exuberant with that. Uh, send your Christmas, your Christmas cards about the birth of Jesus to your Christian friends, but don't dare send it to anyone else. It's not limited to Christians, though. The message of this Savior, of this child born, is for all people. That's what the angels say. That's what they say to the shepherds. And not only that, but I'm sorry to say, I am sorry, the church can also limit Christmas joy. I thought when I left the house this morning, oh boy, should we cancel church? Just a little bit of snow, right? You guys all made it. It's all right. 
right? Should we cancel church, right? That kind of falls into your mind. Is anybody going to show up? Well, back in 2005, Christmas fell, fell on a Sunday, and several churches across the nation decided intentionally, and it, there wasn't any weather uh, issues or anything like this, decided intentionally not to have Christmas service because it was on a Sunday. Reporters had a field day with it because it looked like the churches had sort of canceled Christmas. But one senior pastor explained it this way in an interview with the Chicago Tribune. He said, we don't see it as not having church on Christmas. We see it as decentralizing the church on Christmas. Hundreds of households uh, can experience this and, and, and do that. And uh, yeah, they can just have their own Christmas and it's fine. It's fine. The best way to honor the birth of Jesus is for, ham is for families to have a more personal experience on that day. Okay, but did they? That's always my question, did they? Notice what happened here. Notice how Christmas was actually being limited to families. Okay? Only people who were in families were able to celebrate Christmas. Those who were single, those who were divorced, those who were widowed, or for whom religion and family did not mix together well, who had no family in town, that kind of thing. Those people were not going to be able to celebrate Christmas. Even for some Christians who were with family, they weren't even really celebrating Christmas. We can equate the kingdom of God with the American nuclear family. Okay? That's okay to some extent. That's okay to some extent. Because through the family, right, we learn about God. We, learn, we, we, we come into the church. But the whole idea of having a more personal experience that day only seems to make matters worse. Some people would be celebrating Christmas with their families that year in the church in its hopes of a personal Christmas. It took Christmas away. It took it away. People didn't have the option of coming. And sometimes we can do that to ourselves, with or without the help of the church. Our hopes of a wonderful Christmas can take the joy of Christmas away. That was talked about a little bit last night, right? The perfect Christmas, making the perfect meal, having the perfect gift. And yet we're all fallen and broken by sin, and there are people who we miss. There are regrets that are still lingering. There are disagreements that never seem to go away. We know that Christmas has a way of bringing back memories, memories of when we were young, Memories of what it was like as a child, memories of, our, of people who are no longer with us. And Christmas has a way of, of creating this hope, right? Very hopeful music, hope of a better future. We can imagine what we want for our loved ones, for our siblings, for our spouses, for those around us, for our children, our dearest friends, even ourselves. And yet, all of our desires, all of our dreams cannot erase, again, the presence of sin. It is there. It is a reality. And in fact, and here's the sad truth, many times our desires and our dreams embrace sin. They celebrate sin. They live in sin. They glorify sin. They do things contrary to God's will and don't really consider the implications. Sin kills. Sin destroys. Sin separates us 
from God. Sin comes masquerading as freedom and hopes and joys and can only deliver darkness into our lives. It's a shame, really. And this is why it's such a blessing to hear Luke's historical narrative, to hear this story of great joy for all people, for you. To hear the voice of an angel, a voice from the edge, right? We said that the road to Christmas twists and turns. There's a lot of of detours. There's a lot of ways to kind of get off the road. And the voice calls us back to the true meaning, the true joy of Christmas. And that is sins forgiven eternal life in this child born for you. Luke 2 is an important message for us as well. Because when God sends his angels to proclaim the good news of a savior, who does he send the angels to? Again, the Roman world is counting its people. They're all being counted. But there were some who were missing. Some who didn't matter. Some, again, who didn't have a home. Some who would be lost. But they were not lost to God. They were not unimportant to God. They were not uncounted by God. God saw their need as well. They were not forgotten. They were not overlooked. To God, every single human being matters. Every single one. To God, you matter. I know sometimes you might not feel that way, but you matter. And for this reason, God sent his son to take upon human flesh, to bear human suffering, to die under divine judgment, And to rise to life. To bring life to all. Peace to all. Joy to all. There is no sin that he cannot handle. There is no suffering that he has not taken upon himself and overcome. To every person in every situation, Jesus brings forgiveness. Now. He brings life. He brings joy. And this morning, this Christmas morning... It is for you, now and always. For this reason, it is an honor to preach to you this morning. I know we are few in number, but God brought you to this place. He continues to bring us to this place to be a part of his family, his church. He wants you to hear the voice of the angel, and he wants you to hear that voice and that message to you personally, directly. Yes, to the church, of course, but to you personally as well. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Regardless of what is going on in your life, regardless of the joys, the disappointments, what else is happening? One thing remains steady. One thing remains sure. One thing remains certain. He has called you. God has called you. He has chosen you to hear the good news. He has had mercy on you in Christ. And in Him, you are a child of the Heavenly Father. So, what shall we say then? Happy holidays? No thanks. Merry Christmas to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in this Savior born for us. Amen.